Look, I got a testimony. I got to tell him what God did. I'm calling God the homie. He took me out of the mosh pit. I will contest the phonies. Separate demons and God's kids. I got to spread his word, so I'm going to show you who the God is. The word is my weapon. I move like a general. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Walk With Me. I'm your host, JJ. I'm so glad to have you walking with me today as we walk with Christ. I thank you for downloading and sharing this episodes, and thank you for all of the uh, visits to my sponsors that I've been seeing and I've been hearing about. Uh, the Also, we have uh, that sponsor with the Templar Chronicles 1, New Players. That book is amazing in the fact that it, it has actually uh, messages that we need in today's world. And it is fiction, so it's not like it's not like a documentary or something like that. But uh, thank you so much for visiting those sponsors. Thank you for visiting True Bars. He's a lyricist. He is in his uh, he's on his journey now to finding God or actually is path to salvation because i always say that god isn't lost i and, and i'm starting to kind of develop a, a kind of a way against saying i found god because god wasn't lost we are so thank you all for uh, visiting that sponsor and exquisite creations if you have tiktok or social media um i think she does have tiktok i don't have tiktok but i have my own reasons for that we're not going to go into it on this podcast uh, thank you so much again for listening, downloading, sharing. It's, it's not about me. It's about you. And it's about God. And I just sit here behind the microphone for a couple moments every week. And we talk about this thing we call the Bible and how to apply it to every day in life. So as we start today's voyage, or today's walk, we see that this is after God spoke to Moses and God gave Moses a directive. And Moses went back to, or he was supposed to go back to Egypt and he was going to lead the children of Israel out and all was going to end up happily ever after. Right? The end. But, but you and I both know that this is not how it occurred. This is not how it happened. And well, today we're going to be looking at Exodus chapter 7 through 11. So we're going to kind of cover a big space of time here in today's episode. So hang on tight. And I implore you to go ahead and read through those chapters. All right. So Moses, if you remember last week, Moses was kind of concerned about not being believed when he came back and said, hey, Israel, it's time to leave. And God gave Moses these signs. As a matter of fact, God gave Moses several signs because he knew that the children of Israel and Pharaoh were not going to believe him the first couple of times that Moses said something, which sort of brings me to a point that I've always said is I just wonder sometimes how many times does God have to tell us something for us to believe it? Just saying, how many times? I know it means just God got to continually tell me stuff, and that's something that, that JJ needs to work on. All right, so uh, this is where we are, Moses, and Moses is going back to talk to Pharaoh, he's going to talk to Egypt, I'm sorry, Israel, and because they both actually have to be on board with this. So uh, Moses finally obeyed God and returned to Egypt, went to Pharaoh and said, hey, God said, let thy people go, let my people go. And at first, the way Moses framed it, he said, we're just going to go over there a little ways 
and worship God a little bit. And that, I think, is where Moses kind of let his lack of faith bother him. Because we know that that's what, we know that God was intending to completely free Egypt, sorry, Israel from Egypt. So it wasn't about, hey, just go over there, we're going to come right back. Oh, mama, we run to the store, and I'm going to come back right back. No, no, no. It's it's time for us to go. And, and if you keep in your mind that Egypt is typecast as sin, it sort of makes the case that you can't just, um, you can't do dally the way out of sin. You can't say, hey, I'm just going to stop sinning for a little while and I'm going to go back. You have to be ready to completely leave it alone when it's time to leave it alone. So, and that's something that in in this in this walk we are going to be applying these things to our lives and understanding why these things are even in the Bible and what significance they're to be having in our daily walk. Now, of course, we all know the story. Pharaoh didn't want to listen. Pharaoh said, "Yeah, you know what? You guys, you guys go over here and worship over there a little bit. You know what? Never mind." I'm Pharaoh and I don't know God. So why should I let you go worship a God? As a matter of fact, I'm God. You see those frogs over there? They're God. You see those beetles over there? They're God. Why don't you worship those gods? And so Pharaoh would not allow the children of Israel to leave. So eventually, God had to, God told Moses he was going to do this. He said, well, you know what? He's going to, I'm going to harden his heart so I can show my signs for him. So God immediately hit Egypt with 10 plagues. Now, the interesting thing about those plagues was that the first five plagues, everybody felt it. Everybody felt it. The last five plagues, which was actually the worst of, of the five, Israel never felt those plagues, like the plague of darkness, which you would think that would be worse than flies, but no, not really. Darkness is so bad because you can't see where you're going, you injure yourself, and, and it actually drags down your spirit. But it's where Israel was at, there was light. So, and keep in mind, this also sort of teases at there was some sort of segregation going on in the country of Egypt. Because where Israel was, there was light, where Egyptians lived, there was darkness. So, that, that kind of tells me. And it wasn't like, hey, my next door neighbor doesn't have on any lights. There was complete darkness 24 hours a day. So, and, and during these plagues, it was one of the things we also point out, and it's very ironic to point out, is that God used the very things the Egyptians worshipped as a form of plague. Frogs, cattle, the sun. Nile River and God used those very things that Egyptian called gods with a little g to show that God was more powerful than all these gods that they were worshipping that actually did nothing for them um, we are going to cover uh, a story about Dagon you know in you know down the roadways we're going to cover a story about Dagon where they had captured the Ark of the Covenant and put him put the Ark of the Covenant in the Philistines' temple. 
and Dagon would wake, wake up the next morning and Dagon was bowed in front of the, the Ark of the Covenant. It's just, just, just imagining the power of God would take that huge statue and bow it down. And they had to lift it back up. And then the next day, they come back out, Dagon was bowed down in front of the Lord again. So this is, this is types of shadows to us because we can still use those lessons that the Egyptians were living through, that the Israelites were living through. We can use the fact that all the things that the Egyptians were worshiping, having been typecast as sin, all the things that they were worshiping was not even powerful enough to resist the will of God. And, and we do these things, same things today. We worship money. We worship possessions. And God is bigger than all those things. And and I've seen, and, and this is this may be this may um, offend some people, but I've seen God use those very things against people and, and show that God is the one in control, not your job, not your not your bank account, not all of your clothes, not all of your, your electronics and, and things of that nature. So it's, it's very careful to keep God and keep your possessions, keep everything in its proper place so that you're not in sin. So now, after each of the plagues, Pharaoh kind of got this attitude where we all get, okay, God, I'm sorry, out, 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 out. Y'all, okay, okay, y'all go ahead and go. I'll let you go. But then, like five minutes later, he would change his mind. The devil would talk. Bigger than that, you gonna let that stuttering guy and them them slaves go, and. Moses was, and I'm sorry, Moses would be like, well, um, God said, let my people go. And Pharaoh said, you know what? I am, I don't know this God. So, nah, I changed my mind. As a matter of fact, uh, Exodus 5, 1 and 2. And afterwards, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Pharaoh, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. Again, Moses is playing with Pharaoh now, because Moses knows that we're not holding, we're not just going out there to have a feast. Moses knows that Israel is trying to leave. And Pharaoh said, "Who is the Lord that that I should obey His voice and let Israel go?" And even Pharaoh, in that sentence, is saying he knows he can see right through Moses's game. He can see right through it. He's not talking about letting, letting Israel go over there and have a feast in the wilderness and then coming back. Pharaoh knows that once these once Israel leaves outside of them gates, it's a wrap. They're gone. They're not coming back. So he, he says, who am I? Who's God? That I should listen to him. Matter of fact, I'm God. So what happened was, and as he was saying this, the Lord kept allowing Pharaoh's heart to get harder and harder because and and you, people ask you usually ask me and I've got a couple questions um, before this podcast started I got a couple questions about this why would the Lord harden Pharaoh's heart because Pharaoh did the exact same thing the devil tried to do Pharaoh put himself equal or superior to God 
And God, God is not playing that. And matter of fact, it says it right here in verse two. I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. Why should I listen to him? Who is who's that God? I don't know that dude. You know, you know, if uh, if if I came to you and, and we were on a job and I came to you and I was a coworker and said, hey, that boss over there said, do this thing. And you turn around and say, who's that dude? I, I, man, I'm not doing that. And then they came and told, asked me, well, didn't you tell this so this your coworker here to do this job? And I say, well, he said he didn't know who you were. Well, guess what? You're fired. And this is exactly what happened. God isn't going to tolerate somebody putting themselves on his level. It's not going to happen. So, and in verse 10, in Exodus 10 and 1, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart, and the heart of his servants, because the, heart, the servants thought that they were serving the true God. And so, this other God that Israel was worshiping was, was nothing. They, they literally thought that th they thought this for the most part. Now, some of the servants, some of the Egyptians kind of caught, you know, kind of caught a revelation. And you'll see in the um, you see in the in the Bible where it says some Egyptians left with Israel. And those were what we will now call or later call the Samaritans. So um, go now, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants that I may show my signs Show these my signs before him. God still got something else to show. After all of the plagues, God's got something to show. All of the darkness, all of the the boils, all of the the deaths of the firstborn. We still got more things to show because you are still not worshiping God. So it doesn't matter how hard the trial is; it can always get worse, y'all. And it's that's something that we have to understand. So after Pharaoh finally decided, you know, to let Israelites go, and then this is when after the firstborn, and, and that's crazy because it's literally you you almost had to, you almost killed off a tenth of the Egyptian population by this time. And uh, the Moses Moses Lord taught Moses to go back and speak to his people and, and take the male lamb, a year old without blemish for each of his household he told him to kill the lamb and apply the blood to the doorpost and to the lintel which is the doorpost is on the side and the lintel is across the top now that's the horizontal beam now they were to eat quickly with their shoes on belts on their staff hand in their hand because it was time to leave egypt now there's a type and shadow there too because remember, they were, they were they were eating it in a ready position. They weren't sitting down at Golden Corral, and they weren't sitting down and order at Denny's, or they wasn't sitting down and enjoy the music at Red Lobster. They were in a state of readiness, exactly the way the modern day church has to be in a constant state of readiness. While you eat the lamb, while you consume the lamb, and 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 people say, well, what is that? Well, that's having the Holy Ghost. While you have the Holy Ghost inside of you, you have to be in a constant state of readiness. And this was a type of shadow for us. This was kind of a 
an instruction manual. Um, we'll, we'll read in the Bible where it talks about line upon line, precept upon precept. You, we, you and I, we've talked about this. And this is exactly what this is. This is a, a precept upon a precept. So they, they roasted the lamb. They ate it that night. Nothing was left over. And a matter of fact, if you if you had a lamb that was too big for your family, you had to bring somebody else in to share it. The Lord, the, the word of God is too big for just me to have. So I have to share it. You see how that ties in and how we also apply that to our daily lives. It's, this is the word of God is so wonderful. And these revelations are just amazing. So at midnight. God passed through Egypt, killed the firstborn of every household that did not have the blood upon the doorpost. And, and just that same way, you and I are saved because that salvation is dependent upon the blood of Jesus Christ. That blood must be upon our doorpost. Now, I'm not saying literally on your door outside. I'm talking about in your heart, in your soul. 1 Corinthians 5 and 7, it says, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as you are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. That's where the blood is applied. The blood is applied in the salvation. The blood is applied in Acts 2.38, where it says, be baptized in Jesus in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Your sins have to be remitted. Once your sins are remitted, taken care of, going under the blood of Jesus, that blood is applied to your soul, to your spirit. And it becomes a spiritual exercise. And it comes, becomes a, a, a spiritual display. That blood is displayed. So it's not about trying to hide your Christianity. It's just out there. And that's what marks you as being saved, marks your salvation, marks your the beginning of your journey, as I'll, I'll put it that way. Because I, you you and I both know I don't generally like the term saved as in past tense because this is a process. It's a daily process. We, we die daily, Paul said. So... And Christ is compared to a lamb in this situation, like in Peter 1 and 19. Oh, and by the way, I'm giving you one scripture here and a scripture there. But remember, we have a rule here. Read a verse or two above and a verse or two below, preferably the whole chapter, because context is important. But back to what we're talking about here. First uh, Peter 1 and 19 but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And then, and just for study purposes, read Exodus 12, 1 through 36. It's going to tell you exactly what this is all about. So now, now that we, we've got, we've been marked by the blood of the lamb. Pharaoh defined, and, and Pharaoh lost all of the firstborn of Israel. I mean, of Egypt. And he didn't just lose the firstborn of, you know, of Egyptians, of the people. He lost firstborn of cattle. He lost firstborn of cats, dogs, anything that belonged to an Egyptian. The firstborn of it died. 
And now just imagine, we just had a plague of frogs where you had frogs piled up three stories high after they died. Imagine how that smelled. Then on top of that, you got everything firstborn is dying. You got to clean up all that stuff. So Pharaoh finally had enough. He finally realized that he, he wasn't God because he couldn't even save his own firstborn. He prayed to his idol. He did whatever sacrifice he did for his idol. And still nothing was able to save his firstborn. So he finally said, okay, I give up. And he let the Israelites go. And Lord started to lead, lead Egypt out. I'm sorry, lead Israel out of Egypt by a pillar of fire. But yet, even though Israel won that fight, God won that fight for Israel, Pharaoh wasn't done. Pharaoh hardened his heart one more time. And he saw all of that free labor walking out the door and said, I can't let them go. His greed got a hold of him again. And that time, the greed cost him his life. Because that's when they died in the Red Sea. So, and how that happened was... Pharaoh decided, I'm going to send an army back after. I'm going to send an army, then I'm going to go with the army just to show strength. You you imagining your God, I'm going to show you me as God. And he went out there. And we're going to talk about what happened on our next episode. Thank you so much for taking your time and spending with us today, walking in the Lord, walking in the Bible here. Again, my name is JJ. I'm your host for this podcast, Walk With Me. Like it, share it, download it, whatever options you have on the platform that you are listening to us on. I appreciate it. I really do. Tell it to someone else. You may actually be helping them as well. Check on them. Make sure you give them your love. Give them our love because we are a family of walkers here, and I really do appreciate it. Thank God for each and every one of you. I love you all. God bless you. Yeah. True. Uh. See, I do it for Jesus. Jesus. Everything I've been doing, give me a reason. Give me a reason. I got to spread the words of a genius. Words of a genius. Everybody needs to know who the leader. Who the leader. See, I do it for Jesus. Jesus. Everything I've been doing, give me a reason. Give me a-